Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I'm speaking with Brett Newski, musician, artist, and the author of It's Hard to Be a Person, Defeating Anxiety, Surviving the World, and Having More Fun. And that is the key right there, having more fun. You have a cool name. Are you Dutch? Because you got the the cool uh, Dutch last name. Yeah, my husband's Dutch. I'm actually Lithuanian. Oh, nice. You married a tall, handsome Dutch man? I did. I married a a dude that's like, his friends call him Captain America. So Wow, way to go. Yeah, right? Good Dutchman. Good Dutch family. Married a wild Lithuanian woman. It's it's quite a mix. (laughs) (laughs) So you're an author and a songwriter, and you're like on the road in Mexico City doing your thing, and... You've been featured in all kinds of cool places like Rolling Stone and NPR and Billboard all over the place. And tell us a little bit about how all this came to be and, and what's going on. Well, the book is, uh, has been, it's been a really cool ride. I mean, I, I guess like haphazardly, I, I guess making a book makes you an author, but it's all illustrations. So I don't, I don't feel like like a literary uh, whiz or anything, uh, even halfway there. But uh, I've always been doodling since I was a little kid, and I kind of restarted like drawing and illustrating, kind of in my more recent adult life. Also making fun of my own anxieties, and I've always loved depression comedy. I think it's just like the funniest form of comedy because I don't know, mental health has been like uh, such a serious like taboo subject. Yeah. Even like I've noticed people even get offended if you joke about mental health. To me, that's like the most efficient form of therapy for those sorts of things is like joking about your anxiety and your depression. And right, um, I've had friends and family and like people grow up with way more brutal stuff, like crazy stuff happened to them in their youth that was just like so psychologically damaging. And they've like found a way to get to the other side through humor and like making fun of uh, all the bad things that happened to them. So it's, it's pretty wild. And uh I don't know. Depression comedy is, seems to be the answer for me. And has it always been that way? That the lighthearted attitude and just and laughing at yourself? Has this always been your experience when you're dealing with your mind? Well, there's a threshold. You know, I definitely used to uh, kind of dodge serious subject matter by like skirting around it, by joking around and stuff. And um, my ex-partner, Anna, was like, she would like call me out on that, which was really good. And I mean, uncomfortable for me, but like some serious subject matter would come up like, uh, I don't know what it would be, a, a marriage or uh, just communicating better. And I would always like crack some dumb joke to kind of dodge the conversation. But she's like, hey, that's bullshit. You got to uh, you got to own up to this stuff. And I think that's important, too. It's like you can't you can't use humor 100 percent of the time because it's like it's the hard talks that I feel like kind of break you through to the other side with your relationships, you know, even though they're like wildly yeah. uncomfortable. So, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Well, and the thing is, is in those relationships, those are the people who know you the best. Those are the ones who who are watching you move through the world and watching you deflect and watching you suffer and watching you have all kinds of joy and, you know, all the things that being human yeah. brings, right? So, Big time. Yeah. yeah. And you, you pray that your close friends and family are going to call you on your bullshit, you know, because if they don't do it, who is, you know, nobody like you can, I mean, if no one's, if no one's calling you on stuff and helping you course correct, you know, all of a sudden 
you get into your 30s and that stuff, uh, those habits can start to become permanent. You know, you can fall into the whole victim culture where you, you kind of deflect blame and responsibility on, on other people. You know, I think we all have friends that or acquaintances that have um, adopted the world's out to get me philosophy. And yeah. then you're just screwed. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to pull out of that. You know? It really is. And the thing is, is you, you get to choose no matter how chaotic the world is. And I think about that and, and the young people right now, including my daughter, who are trying to navigate what's going on in this wild world and just getting their lives starting and hoping to infuse more joy, more fun and humor into what all of that is. I mean, we're all just doing our, our best day to day, hopefully. And if you can take some time to settle down and see how much great and crushing beauty there is, how much humor there is, how much creativity. And I look at what you're doing and I think it's so cool because you are incredibly creative and you have this ability to share this on the stage and through your illustrations and as a podcaster and all of these things, this is your outlet to share. And a number of people listening would be like, oh my God, how can he do all that if he's suffering with depression and anxiety, or if his mind is getting away from him, how does he show up like that? So I'd love for you to kind of delve into that a little bit more. Yeah, I guess like making stuff or creating things, that's always been like the the best form of therapy for me, just to kind of get out of my own head. For whatever reason, anxiety has got this really negative connotation that it's all terrible. And I mean, that's really not the case. Like it is useful creative energy if you channel it. And it can certainly be crippling and debilitating in like the mammoth doses. I think it's there for a reason. We're in this like new era where we don't necessarily have like to utilize our fight or flight. We're not cavemen fighting bears or like prehistoric people like trying to spear a grizzly in self-defense. <laughs> so we're in this weird brand new ultra safe environment where maybe our anxiety has nowhere to go. You know? Yeah, right. We used to just be on high alert just to stay alive, and now we're just on high alert to like get more clicks and uh, likes on Instagram. Which oh is, uh, man, right? Hello, grave. As I circle back to to younger people who are just getting started in their lives, they're looking around. They're like, "What in the hell is going on in this world right now? And how am I going to how am I going to thrive? What is all this fear mongering? And what is all this what?" And what's true and what's not. And then, and then on top of that, if you have any issues with anxiety or ADHD, or if you're on the spectrum or whatever the deal is, it makes it, you know, you feel like resident alien. Like, what, where am I? How am I fitting into this? All of I this. Feel for you. It must be so intense to have kids right now. In the, and I, I just missed that like social media at high school window, just barely. Yeah. So, and high school was brutal for me. There were some cool moments with sports and that kind of varsity blues kind of stuff. But uh, for the most part, it was like a, tur a social turf war no resembling doubt. that of like a prison, you know, where <laughs> kids are just like, I got physically messed up many times. I never got punched in the nose, but I would get like punched in the kidneys, choked out. I went to school every day not knowing like what was going to happen, what was going to happen. And, and the physical abuse was scary, but not anything like the emotional warfare you go through in like no. an American public high school turf war. Right. Um, yeah. I remember one time, like the third day of school, one of my friends, I'll call him Carl. And uh, 
he was like my best friend in grade school. And then on the bus, he had been like absorbed into like the cool kid circle with like some cool football players. And then on the bus, this guy, Pod, he told me that uh, my best friend Carl said I was a queer loser. That he said that about me. And then that was like the most soul crushing day of my life. I just couldn't believe it. My best friend turned on me and like succumbed to the pressures of the cool click, not thinking I was rad or whatever. So it was right. a lot of stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure your kiddos are. Oh, uh, man. Well, you know, like my that. yeah, my daughter was we live in a, in a small town in in northern Michigan and we moved here so that she would have a completely different experience than we did when we were young in our in our big city living and and so on and uh, it, and it turns out you she is like this incredibly creative vampire artist right and in her space and, and didn't have anybody that was in that space with her right. in this very small school but thankfully you know it all worked out and and she's doing the best she can in the world but at the same time She's looking at things and, and like, what, this world is so much different than, than you can possibly even imagine, mom. As hip as you are and staying on top of what's going on, what, a, what am I going to do next? And she's in art school and doing her thing and, and, and she's doing pretty well. But at the same time, the, whether it be bullying or whether it be looking for the next like on a piece of art that she puts out or having somebody on Twitter tell her that she is... Um, doing something racially incorrect or yeah. and she's just like whoa i'm just an artist putting up my doodles what are you doing and so that that stuff comes up and i you know we all have those stories Be before i started high school i lost my entire friend group they all decided that i was shit and that was it so i started in this huge school like 2000 kids and I didn't have any friends, you know? Yeah. So imagine the, the group I gravitated toward, the ones That's who were quite scary. And uh, I felt very grateful for them in my corner at the time. But anyway, yeah. we're kind of going down the high school loop. But circling back around, you're out in the world. You're doing your thing. You're, you've, you've managed to find this beautiful way to deal with your mind. Talk about that some more. I don't know. I think like early on, like doing music and, and just kind of like going all in on something, it's like there's a certain amount of blind ambition that's nice to have mm -hmm. where you're just like, I'm going to I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do it. And um, I think I just kind of you keep plugging away at something and, and not everyone finds their like one passion of a thing they're totally obsessed with. You know, I feel lucky in that arena. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of people are project based people. So if, if you can find a project you're into and finish it and then move on to the next thing. I think that's so huge. You know, I, I've talked about this even with a friend last night who don't know what my thing is. I can't find my ultra passion or whatever. That can cause a lot of anxiety too. And it's, and then you can kind of beat yourself up about that. So yeah, thinking think you're supposed this, to be somewhere, thinking you're supposed to be here by now, having right. this figured out by now. And you want to talk about bullshit. That's all bullshit. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's easy to get shiny object syndrome, Shan, oh, you know, yes. especially in America where it's like everything moves at like two to three times the speed of other places. I think I can think times in my life where I've been the most off balance or wobbly. I can think of like just having like tons of projects going at once, getting none of them done, and they would be all disorganized and in shambles. 
it's the same reason why like a checklist feels good you know I, yeah I yeah like a pocket notebook with a checklist of stuff you have to do and then you do it and then you just scratch it off with a sharpie i don't know i think in this world it's just easy to to beat yourself up and be hard on yourself because we're always in the traps of comparison uh, i don't think yeah. humans were built to watch everything all at once no and we weren't we also weren't built to host parties of thousands of people all the time and making sure that everybody's happy and everybody's on board with whatever it is. You know what I mean? All of this social media, which, which I'm, I'm grateful for how I can use it for my business. I'm grateful to stay connected to some old friends that I never see. I really have come to a point now though. I, I could really care less if you have an issue or, or agree or disagree with what I might share. Most of what I share is very supportive and, and very loving, we get to be who we are and we don't get, we don't have to let other people live in our minds and tell us Green who we, prison. who we're supposed to be. Right. right. So, so you wouldn't even be on social media if it weren't for like your podcast and work. Probably would you, would you just retire? I uh, probably, probably with, you know, with exception, I'd, I'd have to figure out how to continue to, to be in relationship with some of the people who I've been so grateful to see their lives unfold, even though I haven't seen them, you know, that kind of thing is cool. Yeah. But as far as what all of these random people have to say about this or that, or the judgment or the duality or the politics and all that stuff, you know, I found myself really wound up into that for a little bit. And I thought, oh, okay, well, this is just because of all the screens that are coming at me. And I know better. I know that I need to back away. I know that I need to get out in the woods behind my house, that I need to go walk to Lake Michigan, which is three blocks away. I know what Where I need to do. Where are you at? Where are you based? I'm in Sutton's Bay, Michigan, just oh, cool. outside of Traverse City. Nice. That's a sweet part of the world. Yeah. I'm oh, in yeah. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I love Milwaukee. I'd like to know how making fun of your anxiety, how making fun of your depression has helped you thrive and how it can help our listeners thrive as well. I think I spent you know, the first 26, 27 years of my life just bottling things up so much and like being like terrified to talk about personal stuff out loud. And I think that's a tale as old as time. Like people bottle up ideas or they're, they're embarrassed to talk about their depression or they're, you know, embarrassed to talk about a failed relationship that maybe they were at, at fault in or whatever. And we all have our stuff that we've bombed at. Or, or done done lousy at and i think all you can do is like as the years go on is like try to make less bad decisions you know like so like yeah. every year just be a little bit better of a decision maker and thus there's just less aftermath of garbage and rubble in your wake you know it's like nobody's perfect everyone goofs up even on the podcast i talk voicing like terrible things i did uh, in in the past or whatever or things I was guilty about, and then you like say it out loud, and you're like, okay, that's not that big a deal. I mean, it right. sucks, and I regret it, but get over there's, it. There's almost nothing that you can say out loud that won't make you feel better. You know, it's like I've said some really personal stuff on the podcast where my parents heard it and they like pulled me aside, and they're like, "Are you kidding me? This is career suicide. What are you doing? People are yeah. going to think you're a piece of shit or whatever." So. Right. I don't know. It's cathartic for me and it's, I, it's useful to people. So. Yeah, it is useful. And the thing is, it makes you, in my opinion, you become that much more trustworthy. You become that much more grounded. You're in this place that says, hey, you know what? 
we are all human and carrying around shame and guilt is not healthy. For, I used to be the person who thought I was the only one in the room fucking up, trying to be perfect, trying to, to somehow squeeze through and move through life being as perfect as I possibly could be so I wouldn't be judged. And I know a lot of people, especially young people, are in that space as well, is not wanting to be judged, not wanting to be wrong, not wanting to be this person who is making poor decisions or what have you. But when you can come out and share it and bring it forward and on top of that, find some humor in it, it's so, it's so fun to go back and revisit something that used to weigh you down so much, make you feel so heavy and, re- and breathe some new life into it and go, you know what? That's actually kind of funny that, that, yeah. that I made that decision or, wow, I'm so grateful I'm still alive. I can't even, all of the things that come with that. Yeah. Yeah. Clearing the, the, the skeletons from your closet, I, you know, it's, it's huge. I mean, I, I talk, on the podcast, I talked about getting an STD in my early 20s. And like at the time, I thought it was like the end of the world. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself, whatever. No one's ever going to date me again. Like it wasn't that big a deal. I got it sorted out. It was fine. Spent years just like being guilty about it. Right. And just that kind of like ripped my world apart. And then I look back at it now and being like, that was ridiculous. Like, right. <laughs> Like, why did I do that to myself? And it's like, well, that's what we do. We fixate, we fixate on something, whatever it might be. And then, and then blow it up right in our minds, being able to look at it, shine a light on it, not hide it away anymore is huge. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know if you killed your dad, you should just tell somebody about it. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) Your life is going to be miserable if you bottle that up. Like just, even if you got to go to jail, it's going to be better than uh, walking through life, like harboring that, you know? Yeah, right. Even if you're in a space where you make a decision that that really hurts somebody that you love, that just really hurts them, Uh, turn a phrase, some sort of decision, Uh, your old friend on the the bus who decided that you were no longer friends, the things that we do to, to hurt each other. To be able to step up and apologize and forgive yourself and move on because that's a part of it too because we carry those things, those the ways that we've hurt other people and not really knowing what to do with it. And, and then for some of our listeners, just getting out of bed is hard. Just going to work, showing up, shaking off all the experience through the pandemic, all of the thing, all of the choices that like, oh my God, this feels like so much. This world is so heavy. So I'd, yeah. I'd, like bef- I'd like you to share some of the most helpful strategies. What else can you recommend yeah. for our listeners? I mean, I do feel, I mean, it's true. Like everything's temporary. Nothing's permanent. So the, the troughs are like the times where you feel terrible. Like the clouds do part eventually. And um, I feel like one of the quickest ways out, and it's, always, it's not always a quick way out, but one of the quickest ways out is, is the hang, like the like get in person with some other people, even if they're not best friends, just to like get out of your own head. Um, or, you know, I got like my top 10 super buddies and my favorites on my phone. If I have a night off or I'm feeling weird or down, I'll just start calling people, see who answers. And then sometimes I'll have like a marathon three hour, four hour chat with one person or a couple people. And, you know, no one ever left a good hangout feeling worse. So yeah, yeah you kind of got to play offense against those like big, 
troughs in your brain. You know, I, I like to call them like the toilet bowl in your brain or right? brain, brain prison. Um, <laughs> because it's a real it's a real demon to live in live in your own head and it's just way way too common and uh everyone does it at some point. So Yeah. Um, well and I'm always, glad you bring way out. I'm glad you bring forward the importance of hanging out with your friends because we have a whole generation of people who are hanging out in front of their screens and they're not getting out. And then the pandemic comes and then they're in and then they're cloistering even more and they're not getting out. And so talk about living in your head or letting other people live in your head. And so being able to break that spell by reaching out to friends, by hanging out, by grabbing a coffee, by whatever it is you can do to switch things up, to change uh, the, the venue, right. To get, to move. That's the other thing to move. Yeah. It's a, it's an iPad kid nation. And, uh, you know, you sound, it's easy to sound like the old guy, like being like, Oh my God, like, like five-year-olds are just like on the iPad half the day. And it's like, I mean, come on, that's like a, the prime imprinting phase and you're just going to like get bludgeoned by YouTube. But actually I saw this video on Instagram the other day. Um, and it was this, this car backing up. It almost ran over this little four-year-old girl because her mom was on her iPad standing next to her playing on her iPad. The dad runs in, grabs the girl before she gets hit by the car, takes the iPad from his wife, smashes, smashes it on the, on the pavement, kicks yeah. it. And even still after this, this lady's daughter almost gets hit by a car, the the mom like rushes over to her iPad and goes, Oh no, my iPad. Like, it's just crazy. Like, um, the priorities are just so out of whack. Um, as Ferris Bueller once said, um, a man with his priorities this far out of whack doesn't deserve such a fine automobile. (laughs) I love Ferris Bueller. I have a quote to match your quote from Buffy the Vampire Slayer because I'm a big fan and that's how anxiety slayer came about. The hardest thing in the world is to live in it. Sure. How we navigate around that is through humor, is through hanging out with our friends, is through making choices, even if we fall on our asses. Because the more choices we make, the more we learn, the more, the more we open up for something that really brings us joy and brings us happiness. And, and so what if you fail? So what if that yeah. choice, you just keep moving, keep making choices. Do not yes. let yourself be paralyzed by making, I'll make the wrong, what if I make the wrong choice? I'll be judged. I'm feeling that, I'm feeling yeah. that Shan. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause like, you know, we talked about perfectionism earlier, which is just a, a real curse because all you can do is like keep making decisions and hopefully most of them are good decisions and move on. A, a good a- analogy for this is like when I'm like mixing a song and we get to the final stages right before mastering and you start mixing and you start hearing things that weren't there before and you start losing your mind and being a perfectionist and then you you just lose the plot entirely. Whereas like the move is just like, okay, I liked how it sounded 15 minutes ago. Song's done. Let's move on. Let's make a good decision and and not dwell on things. And yeah, I think that's all you can really do. Keep making decisions. If you screwed up 40 minutes ago, whatever, can't do anything about it. Maybe you can apologize. But over apologizing is bad too. You never, sure. I feel like you never want to apologize more than once because it makes something a way bigger deal than it actually is, you know? True. My whole being right now is about being lighter, lightness of being. Being, 
I am, I am so funny and often will pull it back because it's sometimes not appropriate. And I'm finally to this place where I just really don't care because it's fun and it's funny and it's coming from a place of being lighthearted. It's not coming from a place of tearing somebody down or, or what have you. It can be dark. And so what? Again, that's, that's who I am. Why am I going to change that for you to make you feel better? I'm just going to show up and then you're going to choose whether or not I'm a good fit for your world or not. Yeah. And it's fun to bomb once in a while. Let's be honest. True. Like bombing is progress. Like every time you bomb, you're like, you're gaining a lot of useful information for your ethos or, or what you're all about. So can't be afraid to bomb. Oh, I love that. So what's going on for you this weekend or, or this, yeah, coming up? You're in Mexico City. What, what are you doing? So weirdly enough, I, uh, I forgot to block off my Airbnb calendar. I, I like rent my room out when I'm out of town on tour and stuff. I forgot to block off the calendar. and I had to vacate my own house within like 24 hours. So I was like, Shit, I have nowhere to go. <laughs> so I just found a flight to Mexico City, which was like 200 bucks round trip. And uh, it's just, it's incredible world-class city, great food, super cheap to exist here. I can keep working and um, it's neat down here. There's this whole like digital nomad culture where people just kind of work remotely and they post up on rooftops and live on eight bucks a day in Mexico City um, and get their stuff done and then go do leisure in the evenings. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool existence. Um, oh, dig it. You know, I love, I love that you're like, oh, well. I'm gonna. How am I gonna solve that? I'm. I'm gonna go to Mexico City. That sounds yeah. fun. <laughs> I'm lucky. I have this freedom right now, and yeah. uh, you know, I don't have kids right now. I'm. I'm recently uh, divorced. I mean, I, I was never legally married, but was close. And it's fun. It's more funny to call it a divorce. But yeah, you know, morale is pretty high, and I certainly. I certainly go through my big my big troughs, and every I feel like every day I have some really weird moment where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? What the what the hell is this? Things almost go black and white for like a little bit. And then, you know, I go for a power walk and go for a jog and start talking to people and everything feels good again. So it's all ups and downs and uh, yeah. nothing's gravy. It's navigating the peaks and valleys. It is. And knowing for you that going for a run or reaching out to a friend or changing things up or going to Mexico City or getting on stage or writing something new or doodling, all of the things, all, your, all of your gifts and your connections can pull you out of it quicker. I think so, yeah. And I think feeling uncomfortable or sad or down is just part of the process. Yeah. That's, that's just part of being a person. And I, I think we certainly have this knack for feeling guilty for feeling down. I think that's kind of a big one. And uh, we've all been there. And I think when you're when you're feeling, when you're bumming, just it's fine. That's it's supposed to happen. That is yeah, be in it. The clouds always part eventually, Shan. You know how that goes. They do. And even if you have people, if you're if your parents or if your partner or whomever people that you work with are are telling you, put a smile on your face. That's really gonna not get the the response you want you want from me right now because I'm not going to just plaster a smile on my face all the time because it makes you more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's super. That's, and that's creepy. Like, it is creepy. You know, the people that are just on all the time and right. you're like, why am I tired all the time around you? Obviously now, like we're in like this hyper stimulation times. I don't know if 
if in the history of the world people have ever been this stimulated, I would assume right. not. And uh, that's the thing about hyperstimulation is you don't know it's happening to you. And then all of a sudden you're like reaching for a phone every spare moment or um, oh, yeah. skipping all the moments to just exist. And yeah. uh, I think we're all in this like, we're all in this like weird battle against this war, this this international war against uh, hyperstimulation. And it's, it's kind of like a, a war we don't even know we're fighting. And uh, the world is a tabloid right now. It's, it's it like, really oh, is. And it, it makes me it makes me so grateful that I have the ability to, uh, you know, go to places like Costa Rica and unplug. We went in December, my husband and I went for a couple of weeks and just it was so nice because he's still in it. He's still in the grind of the world in a different way than I am. I, I am really not. But through him, I am. And and for him to just, it took him a couple days to just be able to exhale and sink in. Yep. But then when he did, you know, the rest of the time was so awesome. We were like, some of the road trips that we were taking, we had no business on these roads driving through the jungle and wondering if we were going to like make it over the next hill to get to this waterfall to, to do these things, whatever. And so that's how we deal is like, let's have another adventure. Let's wow. explore. Right. That's great. Yeah, because, yeah. because why, why, what are we doing? We get the short time to be here. And so we're going to keep exploring as much as we can and being able to just step away and say, okay, this is great. This world, this, this life that we've created is awesome, but yeah. it's still very connected and, and very much people needing stuff all the time. Right. And to be able to get away, to go to Mexico yeah. city, to go to Costa Rica, to do it and to carve out that time for yourself to get away without excuses, get, do it, take care of yourself. Yeah. Got gots to get off the hamster wheel. Yes. And you're really living the dream, Shan. I mean, driving around Costa Rica, a one of the most mentally stable places on earth. I've I've done I've done the research, I've done the reading, and you're traveling with a hot Dutch guy with a yeah. above average bicep size. He's jumping <laughs> through waterfalls with no shirt on. You're just swimming. It's a what a what a time to be alive. Swimming in the waterfall. He's got a sexy accent. It's like, oh, hello, baby. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Oh man, Brett, thank you so much for, for sharing some time with me today. This has been so fun and, and this, such a breath of good. fresh you're, air. You're a pro. You're a real, real pod podcasting pro. Oh, well, thank you. I just really appreciate you, your work, loving your music too. I'm a big music fan. Thanks for having me. Uh, really awesome hospitality. And uh, I think this is going to set the tone for a good day, you know? I think it is. Thanks so much. That was Brett Newski. Get a copy of It's Hard to Be a Person, Defeating Anxiety, Surviving the World, and Having More Fun wherever books are sold. You can also get Brett's Guide to Defeating Anxiety when you sign up for his newsletter at brettnewski.com. <laughs>